Our reading this morning comes from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw Jesus, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak, and whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, You faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, This kind can come out only through prayer. The Gospel of the Lord. Good. Thanks, Terry. Let's pray. God, we gather this morning, um, each of us, for some reason, are here at church, and we come with all of those things um, that we bear in our bodies and our spirits. And we come because we trust that you speak to each of us. Send your spirit now as we engage with your story. In Jesus' name, amen. I went and visited Mount Olivet member Linda Finley this week. She broke her tibia bone a few weeks ago, and the break was so severe, she had to have surgery. Now, you may know this too if you know Linda. She is a doer, and she's an initiator. And she went into her doctor this past week to get the staples removed and to have another x-ray to check on how things were going after surgery. She said to her doctor, what can I do to make this heal faster? Whatever it is, I will do it. Tell me and I will do it. She said her orthopedic surgeon looked at her with a pause and was clear. I was able to put your bones together with screws and plates, which in itself is a miracle. Now, all you can do is heal. No weight bearing for eight weeks. Eight weeks from when I broke it? No. <laughs> eight weeks from the day after surgery. Linda is realizing by her own doing she cannot make her leg heal any faster. 
Her focus can only be on slow and steady healing, which means a lot of her doing and initiating needs to be on hold for now. It was the last week of July, and my to-do list was long. It was Tuesday, and my sister-in-law and nieces were coming from Kansas City to visit the next day. And our guest room over the course of the last couple months had become the landing place for just about everything in our house. So I needed to get the room ready for them. In addition, I wanted to submit a proposal for some grant money so I could pursue some continuing education. I needed to spend ample time on this, in addition to regular stuff like making dinner and doing laundry and cleaning toilets and then my regular job. So I sat down and I planned out the next 24 hours of my life. And I figured if I worked hard enough and I focused enough, I could get everything done. Every part of me wants to tell you that I got it all done and that the next morning I treated myself to a venti coffee at Starbucks and just continued on with my life. But I have to be honest, my body would not do what my mind wanted it to do. I had forgotten to put sleep in my plan, so my eyes closed with my laptop still on my lap. I felt like crap, and I'm sorry to say crap, but there's no other word. I felt inadequate and depleted, and I had to name and sit with the reality that I cannot make my own life happen on my own. For some reason, we really think we can do it all and that we can do it all on our own. The disciples certainly thought this. Jesus, earlier in Mark, had given them power to cast out demons and to cure the sick. And Jesus sent them out to villages and it actually worked. They greeted people, they extended peace, and they stayed with them. They proclaimed to them that God's kingdom was here, and it worked. But they forgot so quickly that the power that they had received was Jesus' power himself that was given to them. It was within them. They forgot it was not about them holding the power, it was God working through them. They were still human. They thought more of themselves than they ought, and they got really comfortable with that power. They became self-assuming and self-reliant. And so they tried to heal this boy who probably had epileptic seizures, and it did not work. Jesus comes down into this commotion and it's really helpful to know that just before this story, Jesus and a few of his disciples go up to a mountain, and there Jesus is transfigured. God lights around him, and God speaks aloud to the disciples, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then Jesus and the other disciples go down the mountain and meet the other disciples in this group of people, and all of a sudden there's commotion. 
And Jesus is frustrated. You faithless generation, how long must I be with you? Do you not see you can't do this on your own? You have to trust in me. And so those words aren't just for the disciples. They're for us too. You faithful, faithless generation, Jesus says to us. We claim to be Christians and followers of Jesus, but we live like we are not. We may come to church, we may hear the story, but somehow it doesn't sink in that this promise is for us and for all people. For some reason, like Rainex on a window, we don't think that God would be interested in entering the details of our lives or the lives of others. We get lured into the voices of this world that tell us, if you work hard enough, you're going to have a good life. So we about kill ourselves thinking that we need to make this life on our own abilities. And then we get so focused in on making it ourselves, we miss the opportunity to lift our heads and look around at this beautiful creation and the gifts that God has given us and the call for each of us to be about sharing that same care and love with other people. In yoga, there is a pose and it's called child's pose and it goes like this. It's really low to the ground and it's the pose that you do after you have had really strenuous poses because in this pose, you have the opportunity to surrender, to center your body, your mind, and your spirit, and to catch your breath again. But we do not live in child's pose. We like to live in warrior pose. I'm not a yogi, so this is not going to be perfect. We like to live like this in warrior pose. We're strong and we're big and we're confident and we're showing the world our best self. The disciples ask Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Jesus said to them, this kind can only come out through prayer. And he doesn't give us much more, and Mark doesn't record Jesus outwardly praying before healing the boy. Was Jesus referring to the Father's plea as the prayer, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief? Or was he reminding the disciples that they could not do this on their own, that this power comes from God, and that they need to come back to this always and forever, like a baby needs milk. We need this source of life. Prayer is a reminder that we are dependent on God. The father in this story had to go into child's pose, he had to be vulnerable. He could not heal his son on his own, and he had tried everything. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. But it's so hard for us to be vulnerable. 
to speak that we cannot do it all, to drop a ball, to have a need. But yet in nearly every healing story in the Gospel of Mark, people who come to Jesus are at their lowest point. Actually, Mark points this out. They say they got down on their knees and they begged Jesus. They dare to ask God to come close and they hold on with hope that God sees them and wants to be a part of their life. This is where Jesus meets them. This is where the relationship is anchored. And that's where people's lives are changed, the world is changed, and they are brought back into community. We are not the only ones who are vulnerable. Jesus is outwardly flustered in this story. He's disappointed, he's angry. He could have entered the commotion and stayed above it and not have been impacted by it, but no, He is so frustrated that people do not understand what he is about, that God came into this world to save it and its people. He does not leave us stranded. But we cannot do this on our own, yet at every point we try to. We say things like, I am blessed, I worked hard, I deserve this, and we forget that it's not about being really good, It's about God coming to us and giving us what we need and then calling us to share that with others. There is a lot of unnoticed people in this world who are in child pose right now. Jesus ultimately comes so vulnerable that he will die for the sake of the world. Even Jesus goes into child's pose. After this story, the disciples are fighting over who's the greatest. Jesus looks at them and speaks these words. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the one who sent me. He's telling the disciples, get back into child's pose Center yourself, surrender, hear that you cannot do this life on your own, and trust in me. The miracle here is that we get, we get to begin again. In every moment, in every day, it's this ongoing dance of warrior pose and child's pose. And then we speak the truth in our prayer that God both hears us and speaks to us when we cry out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The Star Tribune keeps running big articles about the decline of the church. Have you read them? Membership continues to decline and congregations cannot afford to maintain their buildings or pay their staff. The article stated the truth that one in four families attends church each week. It's real. They note that there's so many people are consumed with other activities and priorities that church no longer makes the list. These articles cause me to wonder, where are we supposed to go when life gets to be too much? When there aren't happy photos to post, 
when life takes an unexpected turn? Where do we go when we need to get into child's pose? Maybe in the future we won't have big sanctuaries filled with people, yet for human that's not going to change and life is not expected to get any less complicated. The gospel is the story of God coming down in the world to be with it because it so desperately needs it. The world needs this story. I want you to know that Mount Olivet is a community where you can come as you are and know that this is the place to connect with a living God who claims you and says, you can't do this life on your own. I am with you, trust me. And Mount Olivet is a place to find others who are experiencing the same thing, who dare to tell their stories, a place to be your real self and know that God's story and his grace will find you and you will be brought back into community to offer the same hope and message to people who so desperately need to hear it. We get to begin again. After Jesus casts out that demon, the people thought the little child was dead and Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up. Get into child's pose. Cry out to God, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And God will raise you up. Amen.